Hello and welcome to the first episode of Blitz the Bolt. I'm here with Ant. And uh, today we're going to be talking about many things. First, we're going to introduce ourselves, what the podcast is, and the Chiefs game, how we thought Herbert played, the defense played, and all that type of thing. So, um, hope you guys enjoy the ride, and here we go. Okay, so my name is Nate. I'm 16. I go to Chafee High School. I play football there. I play D-line, O-line. Um, and pretty much how I fell in love with football was just at a young age, I started playing it. And I really liked watching uh, when I was 13 and I really got into it. And here I am now, making a podcast with my buddy. And um, I really enjoyed the whole scouting part of the football world where you scout a player, grade the player off their film, and more ana- like analyze of how they are. And I do more so draft type things over in-season uh, content. So I've met Ant through a mutual friend. He used to go to our to my school, and we never got to meet in person, but we do talk a lot, and we both have the same love and passion for Charger football. With that being said, hi, uh, my name's Anthony. I'm 17 years old. I am a senior in high school. And boy, where do I begin with this? Back in 2016, is when I became a Chargers fan. Um, if any of you guys are like sort of longtime Chargers fans, you guys will remember that's the season where kicking was a huge issue. That year is the year that we gave the Cleveland Browns their only win. So kind of growing up with that, I've always been sort of that person who like gets picked on because I grew up around a ton of Raiders fans and whatnot. But I stuck with the team ever since, even from the move from San Diego to Los Angeles. And I have such a deep love for this team, um, which is why I sort of wanted to, you know, share my ideas to the world and kind of get my idea out, kind of get the ideas that I have, because I see a lot of people doing it. And honestly, it seems like a really fun thing to do. So I decided, you know, sort of take it up with my good friend here. Um, as he sort of said before, I we haven't met in real life, unfortunately, but we share the same love for the Chargers. We love them more than the next person. Um, unlike him, though, I'm more of a in-season kind of analyzing players as it sort of happens. Um, kind of more of the emotional aspect of a football game rather than the more statistical. But I'm not going to ignore the facts, no. So, which which kind of pertains to one of the topics that we have today, uh, which is actually Justin Herbert's performance in the Chiefs game. Nate, do you want to kind of talk about man. that a little bit? So my boy Justin Herbert, he comes in 10 seconds before the game was like the kickoff, and he's just like, "Damn, I'm in the game." And we don't, we all, we're all surprised on our couch. Like I heard his mom even missed the first like couple plays of his like yeah. first NFL game, and because we're all not expecting it, but he comes in and we're like, "Okay, let's see what the rookie can do." And we're all confused. I thought it was a trick play. I thought it was like a, a special. Um, formation they had for him or just something to throw the defense off but no he was in and i was very confused i'm like why isn't tyrod in but he comes in um we hand the ball off a couple times to eckler you know getting that nice yardage and then his first play pressure up the middle i'm pretty sure from chris jones he kind of like stutters and goes to his right a little bit dumps it off to joshua kelly for like i think it was like a 35 yard gain i want to say and that's a huge yeah, yeah. start off like 
start off your career, man. Rookie to rookie. And, you know, he played very well, very consistent. He was a couple balls that I saw to, like, Hunter was too low or Mike too high. Uh, Keenan, like, over the shoulder too much. It's There's, like, ball placement, I've noticed. But that was one of his biggest knocks in college that he, everything was a fastball. Nothing had touch or accuracy. It was very, like, a one-read type of system he had. He, he had. he would run the run option a lot. And um, speaking of which, I've noticed Anthony Lynn has definitely put in a lot for Herbert. A lot, there was a lot more read option for him. We ran it three times in a row at the goal line with Eckler. And um, none of that worked. But you saw the way he <laughs> can run. And, uh, yeah, he took a big hit from the linebacker. And the linebacker got the worse and worser end of that. And um, overall, I'm pretty happy of what he did. Um, I would like to see him run on that one play where he threw the interception. Yes, we all know that play. But we, I did see what he was going <laughs> for, and we'll go more in depth with that in a little bit. What do you think? So, see, like, from – I was one of the people when we drafted Herbert that kind of figured, hey, we should sort of – like sit him down for a year, you know. Exactly. I had, I, I had, and like I still have a lot of faith in Tyrod Taylor, even though he performed the way he did in the Bengals game. But credit, credit to Pep Hamilton, dude. Mm-hmm. He, I honestly, he was one of my more underrated signings that wasn't a player in the offseason. Because if you look at certain interviews and stuff, there's so much credit that goes to Pep Hamilton that just mainly unnoticed. He coached, I believe he coached Andrew Luck, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. For the yeah, yeah. Yeah, he coached Luck. And, I mean, it's unfortunate the way that, you know, you Luck know. sort of had a, yeah, that he had to end his career. But, I mean, he produced a hell of a quarterback, which yeah. is that make that, like, I can't explain the jitters that I, not the jitters. I sort of, I can't explain the emotion that I had when I saw Herbert on the field after the first play. Because, kind of like you said, I originally thought that it was going to be like a trick play or something. I thought Tyrod, you know, might have been lined up in the slot or something. Oh, yeah. And, and that they were going to run, like, I don't know, like an RPO or something. But then when I saw him on the field, I think the next play, like you are talking about, he threw to Joshua Kelly for, what was it, a 20? Was it a 35-yard game? I don't want to say It so. was like, yeah, it was like a 35-yard game. Which, I mean, a lot of people just see it as a dump-off, but for us, after seeing so many years of Phillip Rivers, like, it <laughs> was it was just... Offs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the master of dump-offs. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Rivers, That's but, awesome. like, after a while, after a while, like, you have to get excited for this new-look Chargers offense. Yeah, I love that we're run first, especially with the quarterback. I've always thought we can run the ball and pound it, even without Melvin, which, uh, that's a whole different thing for me. But, <laughs> like, the way that Eckler runs, even between the tackles, is, just, like, fantastic. He always falls forward. He always fights for every yard. He sees the gap very well. I noticed in the Bengals game he had some issues seeing the gap he needs to go through. But other than that, he fixed it real quick. Um, very good at making something out of nothing. Um, and not even to mention his, like, him as a weapon in the receiving game. That's a whole different, like, story with him. And I'm very happy that we have a quarterback that can take, like, another thing off the defense. Yeah, like, in all honesty, I think around, like, you know, Christian McCaffrey, well, other than Christian McCaffrey, like, 
Eckler is one of the most dangerous like running backs in the league. Oh yeah. Because not only not only not only like kind of how you were saying he's a workhorse, he fights for every yard, but he sort of he's a really good receiving back. He's slippery, man. Like the amount of times I've seen the man break out of a tackle and just keep going, or like he broke out of that. I remember the first week of last year against the Colts, he caught a ball. And then, like, there was, like, three guys on him, and he just kept going around for the touchdown. That was amazing. It might have been a run on the catch. Well, e- either way, like, it showcases his abilities, you know? Yeah. And, like, in the in the offseason, dude, he put he built so much muscle. And last year, when he shared reps, well, not when he shared reps with Gordon, when, like, he took over for Gordon, mm-hmm. like, I was obviously skeptical at first. But then once I saw, like, that brute force that he had, and his ability to catch the ball. Oh, yeah. Like, it was, it was, like, I was sold. I actually have his jersey coming out. I don't know if I told you about that. I have his, I, I have a, awesome. yeah, I have the Navy Equity jersey coming in. We'll be here till November. <laughs> Fix your shit, Chargers. But, <laughs> um, on the topic of running backs, though, Joshua Kelly, a fourth-round rookie who is starting to seem like a steal, one of the best steals in the draft in the oh, modern era. I'm not going to even lie. Well, not the modern era, but the modern era for the Chargers. Oh, yeah. That he's a for sure a steal after not having any second or third round picks, which went towards Kenneth Murray, who we're, we're going to talk about that later too, but yeah. man. So with, uh, with Joshua Kelly, funny story about him. I like to do mock drafts for the Chargers every year, a couple before the draft. And I had Joshua Kellen going going to the Chargers way before we picked him. And I was very pleased to see that we picked him because he's a hard runner. He fixes that uh, tackle-to-tackle run, like, runner that we need, the one that Anthony likes. And little, like, did we know he can catch the ball? And he had really good vision. Like, his knocks in college, was, he was, quote-unquote, slow. He didn't have great vision. And, you know, he wasn't all-around polished because he came from UC Davis to UCLA. But he looks yeah. amazing, and I'm very happy that like my mock draft actually had someone that we picked, and um, I've been a firm believer in this guy even before like I saw his face, and that dude has a smile that makes me smile like no matter what I'm going through or whatever, I see that smile I'm like damn like he makes me want to smile too. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw the video that the Chargers posted today. It was sort of like a Q and A. Yep. Uh, Every every question that kid had a smile, and it's it's like for me for football, if you don't have a good chemistry with your team, or like you don't have a good foundation laid out, then like you're not going to perform well, you know. So to see that sort of young energy and that enthusiastic energy, like it's great. But real quick on the topic of Chargers Instagram, speaking of, did you see the video where it was Eckler mic'd up against the Chiefs? No, um, I have not. He, he actually, um, on a play that Eckler did, um, where he spun in the backfield yeah, to make like that. two defenders miss, and like he burst up that hole on the right side. Yeah. Um, he took it from Kelly. Yeah, he took that from Joshua Kelly from week one on um on the Bengals. Bengals. I, th- yeah, and that what did that drive go for? Or not the drive? That play went for a good chunk of yardage, didn't it? Yeah. On both tries, I. That's crazy how you can spin out of, like, a tackle. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it, it kind of plays into the whole, like, I f- this is going this is gonna to be a sort of a hot take, and I might get flamed for this. I think the one-two punch of Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler is so much better than the one-two punch of Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. I said it. I felt like uh, 
Eckler never needed to be the compliment to Eckler. I think Melvin needed to be the compliment to Eckler, right? You know what I mean? And yeah. Kelly is more of that compliment than Eckler being the compliment. And I think that helps out very well because Eckler's a definitely three three down running back. He can block, he can catch, he can run, you know, and then when you need to change a pace, get who better than Joshua Kelly to change the pace totally, but still having some of the skill set that Eckler has. And um with Kelly He's he's a powerful guy. You see that he like totally juked or not juked. He totally trucked that guy from uh, the Bengals, the linebacker Jermaine Pratt, and uh, that was that was awesome to see. I really I'm really excited for his future. Um, but I think we're kind of sleeping on Justin Jackson. Yes, he hasn't been healthy, but when that guy's on the field, he's very like decisive in his runs. He reminds me of uh, Le'Veon, very patient but decisive on where he wants to go. Makes one cut and can go up the field. Yeah, seeing him live at the San Francisco preseason game, uh, preseason game that I went to about like one or two years ago, it was something special. Like, he's not like Kelly and Eckler in the sense of like he's a workhorse. He's more kind of like you said. He's he, yeah, he's more decisive. Like his moves, like his juke moves, and just the rate at which he spins, the way that he makes the way that he makes defenders miss, and Very the speed subtle. especially. The, yeah, the speed especially, though. Like, you, you don't expect a guy with those sort of moves to have so much speed. Yeah, I think he's more burst, but... if anything. Like, he just threw the hole and go, you know what I mean? Um, I love the subtleness. I watched this, like, film breakdown of him where he's, like, following his pulling guards. It was against the Lions line game. Uh, it, was a, it was his big run from the Lions. And he's following his guards, and he kind of slows down for a second to get the block. And he, like, moves his head and his shoulder in a certain way to manipulate the defender and totally, like, jukes him out just by subtle movements like that. That is, like, unbelievably technically sound from someone who was, like, what was it, year two for him? Yeah, it was year two. That's crazy. And I think once he's on the field, we'll probably, like, if I, if, let's say we run the ball 30 times, right, like, probably, like, 15 Eckler, 10 to 12 to Kelly, and then the rest would be probably from JJ and maybe even a little bit from Bradwell. Yeah, in um, in the um, I think it was it was yeah two years ago in the 2018 game versus the Chiefs where we beat them. Oh yeah, uh, with the two point conversion. <laughs> Love wasn't wasn't it Jackson who scored one of the touchdowns later on in the game? I or am I thinking of the Pittsburgh game? No, he. Or was it both games? It, it might have been both games actually. Both games. That's See and, and come on, yeah, and that was his rookie year. Yeah, like, un, like it's unfortunate about his injury, but I think for now the the number back running two spot until he comes back, it's in good hands for yeah. sure. I think uh, he lost number two to Kelly already. I think he's gonna be the number three. Austin Eckler, he he had a bunch of carries. Kelly had a bunch of carries, and JJ was actually healthy that game, and he only had two carries for four yards. So I think he already lost it. I feel like with the offense that Lynn sort of wants to run with Herbert, though, we're going to see a lot more than two running backs. That is true. Um, not, obviously not on the field at the same time, but with, like, the different play styles that they have, we're going to be seeing a lot more of them on the field. Speaking of seeing a lot more of them on the field, you know, you, one of the things that I want to see a lot more on the field is that Chargers defense, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, hopefully not from an interception or a fumble or anything like that, but... Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I hope to see them more because the front seven, beautiful. 
the back five or well back four but you know the whole secondary is amazing there's really no weakness you know barring injury on our whole defense we solved our dc yeah. issues with linval joseph who's been a monster and jerry tillery oh my gosh that guy is nuts he's he sends from from season one to season two for him has been huge he's been playing like a totally different player Honestly, I think that is partially because of the addition of Linval. On the play where Tillery blocked the uh, the PAT, oh, yeah, Linval... Damien Square, Damien Square. Yeah, yeah, Damien Square actually kind of ushered him to scoot over to where he's supposed to be. So that, with the combination of Linval on the defensive drives, he sort of did the same thing. It's it's greatly helped him in his growth. Honestly, I was one of those people going into this year like, ah. Uh, not that we ra- wasted a first-round pick on him, but I was sort of lo- losing hope on him, but I'm 100% glad he proved me wrong. Oh, yeah, me too. I um I did a mock draft for that year as well, and I actually, it was my first mock draft I've ever done, and my mock was Jerry Tillery and Nasir Adderley for our first two picks, and I was super, like, happy when we got both of them. I'm, I'm a huge Nas fan, which we'll probably get into a little later, but Tillery, yeah. I'm very, I was always pleased with his pass rush ability. I liked what he can do. But he was always playing too high. In college, you can get away with that because he's bigger and stronger. He, you know, he's six foot seven, six foot six, and yeah. In the NFL, if you're six foot six. That's like that's huge, of course. But like you know, against NFL guys, that's not that big. And if you play high, you're gonna get mauled to the ground due to your leverage, you know. Um, but he's definitely been playing stronger and faster, especially against the run. Very impressed against that, and um, I really like what he's done so far for the whole defense and. I think Linval has made differences in ways that that we, that will not show up on a stat sheet, you know. Like the stuff that Linval has sort of contributed to that defensive line, I'm gonna start calling him like the electric fence. I saw that on Twitter earlier, and I was like, "Dang, that's such a like." But to that, I think my dad's been a Charger fan since '93, '92, and he he said they called the old D line the electric fence. So that could be from you know back then that idea. Yeah, I'm sort of because the Chargers' defense in days of old has always been stellar. Oh, and yeah. I feel like these past these past couple of years, obviously, it's been really good with Derwin James, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, uh, Casey Hayward, those type of guys. But yeah. when you add, when you like, it, I feel like for the Chargers, a big problem has always been that defensive line. Mm. Like I love yeah, I love Justin good. Jones and Brandon Meanbane more than the next guy, but wasn't it me yeah he they're no linval joseph yeah like the the impact that he's made on the field but just sort of getting guys out of the way sure he doesn't really have sacks or quarterback hits or anything but the way he's able to get that pressure is yeah. crazy i i read somewhere actually that the chargers lead the league lead the league yeah with like 52 in, in two like games and in two games, that's, that's absolutely crazy. It's it sucks to think too that people doubted this Chargers defense after we lost Erwin James. Yeah, man. I mean, the loss of Tranquil was, I think, it hurt more just to see him like you know cry because I, I love Tranquil. He was one of my favorite players last year and the way he played, and I really liked that. But someone I, I have to talk about who's been very disappointing for me has been Justin Jones. He was hyped up this year to be bigger and stronger and you know the net like he's gonna play like way better but i haven't seen it you know i've seen that from tillery like the hype from jones maybe they got mistaken for tillery like 
because I haven't really seen much hype for Tillery, but all the hype in the world for Jones, and Tillery has really been the one to impress me. Yeah, like, there's... Going into the season, it was not questionable, but it was kind of concerning, like, looking at all the little pieces that you have, especially with no preseason. Oh, yeah. Like, there's sort of there's sort of that feeling of, how is this team going to function? Playing on what you said about Jones, I, I, I fully agree with kind of what you said. I've been expecting a lot more out of him this season, which I haven't seen. I mean, it's only two games in. Yeah, of course. So I, I can't be too hard on him. But, I mean, at the same time, though, like, he needs to step it up so that D-line can be that much better. Because the D-line's good right now. That that defense is just good right now. But oh, yeah. If I mean, if we want if we want that D line to be like one of the most talked about in the league, then I feel like Jones has to step up for sure. For sure. I mean, and then playing off that is the the linebackers. I you know, I've always been a fan of our linebackers. Um, Denzel Perryman, I've talked to like a couple times, and I know you have too. And yeah. he's honestly a he's an amazing dude. Um, I love the energy and passion he brings to the field every time he's on it. He's the big hitter. You know, he's. A, I think he's better as a spark plug type of plug and play player rather than a starter. You know, put him Did in it. at. <laughs> we put him at like in that first down running plays. You know, at, uh, goal line type things because you know he can cover, but you know that's not his strength whatsoever. But we have guys Kenneth. like Kaiser, Drew, now Kenneth that can all really run and cover, but no one can really stop the run as Denzel can. And Denzel has been teaching these guys up. And he—he's—I saw an interview. He's trying to be more of a leader, and I—I um, I, I really appreciate what he's done for the defense outside of just playing because, you know, his role is diminished and he's been getting hurt, and he's—he's he's okay with that it seems, and he's been—he's um, been teaching the young guys everything he knows. He's been more a better person than he has been a player for the team. I'd like. So, on the topic of lines that have performed really well, how about this offensive line? Dude, okay, first of all, the hiring of James Campen, I'm pretty sure that's his name, has been... I believe so. Like, has been amazing. He, I'm super glad we uh, got rid of our last O-line coach, no disrespect, but he's on the Panthers now, and he brought Trent Scott in, really? <laughs> okay, after he performed. <laughs> but, so, I'm very happy we got this new guy in, and he looks like, uh, you know... Guys like Dan Feeney and Forrest Lamp, who were somewhat disappointing or really disappointing in Lamp's case, has really stepped it up and played great. Like Feeney at center, out of position, playing great. Went against uh, Chris Jones, did fine. Um, Trey Turner has been a little bit of a disappointment to me being hurt. And then in the second game, his like PFF grade was like 58, which I don't really like PFF because they're very inconsistent. But... 58, uh, he was going against Chris Jones, but if you're going to be a, our star guard, you got to step it up, you know? Um, yeah. So, the interior's been fine, though. I like the depth we have there with uh, Ryan Groy, Scotty Q, and then at tackles positions, Tevi's been actually good. I've never thought that sentence would ever come out of my mouth. <laughs> but, yeah, like, for once in my life, I can sit here and say that I'm confident in Sam Tevi, which is terrible because if you were to pull up some of my Instagram posts from last year, I mean, I was saying completely <laughs> otherwise. Uh, I, I was kind of, I was kind of mean to him. I'm not gonna lie, but Boy. yeah, this this offensive line, man, like it's so much better than what it was last year, 100. percent 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I think all the credit really goes to the coaching staff on doing that. Um, my inside joke was always turnstile heavy. Like, that's that's who he was. <laughs> and, you know, I noticed when we had Scott in last year with Tevi, and then, like, I didn't realize how much I liked Tevi until Scott replaced him, you know? Like, yeah. the drop-off was, like, significant, even though Tevi's so bad, it actually got worse, and I was surprised. But Tevi's played great. And then Brian Balaga has been in and out very much. And I like what I saw from Pipkins when uh, Balaga got out from the Chiefs. Pipkins looked really good. Um, I like his development. And probably next year, I think, is Tevi's contract. And I think we'll get rid of him and get Pipkins in to replace him at left tackle. And I think the duo of Pipkins and Balaga will be pretty great for the next couple of years. Yeah, with Balaga, like, I honestly, I've, I'm... I don't know, it's only two games in, but I think going going into this season, I thought, like, oh, he's an older dude. Like, obviously, he's good, he's stellar, he's blocked for Aaron Rodgers yeah. all his years. So, you, you know how hard of a test that's going to be. Because okay, he takes the ball like no other. Yeah, so I was kind of expecting, like, a downfall for him this season a little bit. Like, kind of, he's going to start declining. But I have yet to see that. I mean, it's unfortunate he got injured during that Chiefs game. But... Yeah regardless he's played him and that entire line like it's shocking like it's like the center position too oh Feeney. like yeah Feeney has set it up for fucking Pouncey oh yeah I think Pouncey's gone after this year I think we either cut him or his contract's up because you know the games he did play he was really good against the run but other than that he's been disappointing you know yeah I mean, it's good, though, that we're only paying him, like, what, $2 million this year or something like that? I'm not too sure on that, like, the contract info, but it, I don't know, man. He's just getting he's getting hurt a lot, and that really sucks for, you know, him as a person, but as a player, you know, we like to see him on the field. I think that the only thing I really don't like about that injury is how he waited until, like, what was it, two to get that surgery? Oh, yeah. When, he, when I, I was reading that his doctors advised him, like, six years ago, like, hey, in five or six years, you're going to need this hip replacement. So I think he should have been more wary of that time frame beforehand. So maybe he could have gotten one more year to kind of prove himself. Because I feel like, kind of like what you said, he's a, he's done really good against the run. But other than that, like, there, there isn't much production out of him. Yeah. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty at the end of the day. You know, I'm sure if he was back in that situation, he would have done that again. Or he would have uh, replaced his hip, my bad. But, um, I mean, with that, all that O-line success, you know, they've been complimenting the hell out of the, our rookies. You know, um, we've talked about Herbert. You know, let's get a little bit more in-depth with him. I really like the overall his way he commanded the offense. I was so surprised that, like, to hear 10 seconds before the game started, he was like, oh, crap, I'm the starter. And he commanded the offense. He went in plugged and played with the no first team reps and defense no preseason no OTAs none of this comes in plays great against the Super Bowl champs and granted there's superstars out there. there's um, Tyron Matthew Chris Jones uh, his pocket presence was like the best thing I think of his whole game uh, last week he 100% outplayed Patrick Mahomes oh yeah L like like regardless of what anyone says but at the same time, that that's no disrespect to Patrick Mahomes at all. I was reading that after the game, he, oh yeah, um, he was giving Herbert some advice, which taking hits and all makes 
Yeah, it makes me really excited to see the future of the AFC West. Oh, yeah. Like, like I feel like now it's not prominently just the Chiefs division, which it's been for the past, what, like, five, six years? Yeah. I heard, yeah, like... When I heard Tony Romo say he was special, I kind of believed him. Because Tony Romo always has, like, a way of just knowing, like, you know, before something actually happens. And, uh... Yeah. Quarterback to quarterback, you know, I think that him saying that is, uh, is big, you know? On the topic of rookies, Kenneth Murray, he's making a... I, I think he leads the league... Uh, not the league. He leads the team in tackles as a rookie. That's nuts. I mean, I've I've been pretty impressed. Like, there's a couple plays where I've I've been disappointed on the TV. Like, I was seeing him walk on a few plays or, like, he was blitzing and just gets, you know, demolished. I'm, I'm happy with him, but, I like, for me personally... I've been disappointed. Like, for a rookie, I'm totally cool with him having his mistakes. There was a couple times where he, like, he let the blocker come to him rather than going for the blocker or going for the tackle. And I just like to see the pursuit angles and, you know, little things to pick up, you know? I, wow, this is going to be the first time I'm going to have to disagree with you on our first episode. That's wow. That's good. <laughs> um, it it kind of ties... My reasoning is it kind of ties back into what I was saying before. Just the energy that he brings as a rookie. Like, it, it's thoroughly impressive with all the guys that you have on that defense that he's leading... Yeah, no, he's leading the team in tackles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, would you have guys like um, Casey Hayward... Um, Chris Harris. Uh, Chris Harris. When you have those sort of guys out there, like, big hitters who not only defend that, like, they play the secondary wheel really well, that can sort of crunch in on that run. Like, sure, he's a linebacker, like, that's expected of him. But as a rookie, doing all of that, like, that's just, that's exceptional to me. And kind of like he said, okay, yeah, there's been some plays, but there's been some plays amongst a lot of rookies. It's just, oh, yeah. it, it, it it's, you know, rookie mistakes, which kind of like with Herbert, when he sort of... Uh, when he ran the when he threw the ball, which that's the interception, we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. It it was a mistake that later on he fixed. I see the same with Kenneth Murray, where there's some plays, kind of like how you said, he lets the blocker come to him rather oh, yeah. than him charging up the field. Um, and he's I I can slowly see him kind of fixing it. Sure, it's not like 100% fixed, but it's slowly getting there. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, I've been very impressed with his coverage. Like, I saw this, I think Tyreek Hill's running a crosser, and he co- perfectly covered the crosser. He got his hand in there. I mean, coverage-wise, I have no complaints. He's been doing good. Um, I just, against the run, there's little subtle things that, it very uh, for a rookie, I'm very pleased. I'm just saying, for me personally, I like to see, like, the subtle techniques and stuff he's cleaned up. Um, I, I, there's a play that I'm trying to think of. Like, I just remember... My dad, I'm like, who's, he was all like, who's 56? What the hell is he doing out on the field? I'm like, that's Kenneth Murray, dad. And he's all like, well, he's being lazy. And I was like, I watched the replay of it. And he was right. He was kind of just like, I think it was a toss. And he just didn't really run to the toss. He just kind of let it happen. But I could be totally wrong. But I'm pretty sure that's what I remember. I think it was actually Vigil who uh, made that play. I don't think Murray was on the field at that point. Mm. Like, speaking of Vigil... I think he was an underrated signing, um, but I I haven't I, the stats say he only got three tackles in the the Bengals game. But I mean, for him to have depth and definitely some special teams action will be awesome. 
with the loss of Tranquil, I'm very glad we signed him and to have like a another rotational guy for the linebackers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially with the Chargers with their history of injury, it is always 100% good to have depth. Yeah, someone who I've liked ever since the day we drafted him was Kaiser White. His rookie year got me so excited for him. Um, I mean, I'm really happy the way he played even last year. I went to the Broncos game, uh, our home, the one where we had no offense whatsoever. But I, there was a play in the he picked off the ball, and there was also a play in the end zone where it was the back corner. They throw it up to him, and he just knocks it straight down. He played played the defense perfectly. And I really liked what I've seen of him as a coverage linebacker. I just hope to see him healthy. And I've heard Lynn give him compliments. And that's really encouraging for him and his playing time. I got. I feel the exact same way. Not about him, but about Uchenna Nuosu, actually. Oh, yeah. Which I'm, like, it's unfortunate that Ingram's out. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Anthony Lynn ruled out uh, Melvin Ingram. But... Nuosu, he's he's no Melvin Ingram, obviously, but I similar. see, yeah, it's very similar. The way he kind of, the way he's able to penetrate that backfield so fast with so many moves in such a short amount of time, very well. Like, That's a speed I, rusher. yeah, I I love I love Nuosu. I, what was what was he? What round was he taken in? Like, second. is it the third? It was the second. It was the second. Yeah. It was the second. Yeah. Well, regardless, just you, you you don't expect that sort of. I mean, I didn't really expect that talent out of a second round pick. It w- it wasn't even a high second round pick, was it? It was the year we. Yeah, it wasn't that high. I'm pretty sure. It was like Mid-ish. what, like. Yeah, like forties. I want to say. I'm not. Or something, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm not too sure. I'm I might be 100 percent wrong on that. But regardless, I'm really happy to. I'm gonna. I'm just really excited to see how he kind of developed as a player because there's still some things that I'm sort of spotty with him. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for example, I don't think he's that great in the run game. Yeah, I could be 100% wrong about that, but from what I've seen from him, he's not too good at the run game. But when it comes to pressuring the quarterback, especially if you remember, you know, um, Lamar the Lamar Jackson, Jackson the, playoff, the yeah. yeah, the oh, Lamar yeah. Jackson strip sack, which I mean, I think that's one of those plays that Chargers fans are always going to remember. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'm more excited to see more of that, which I hope to see more against Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers. Oh, he's gonna, you know, Denzel Perryman's been playing against Teddy since uh, high school, so that's really yep. cool to hear. Um, back to Nwosu, I love him and Ingram both play the Leo position on our defense, and the way sometimes Ingram's just can take over games and he can stop drives all by himself. And I haven't, you know, Nwosu's not quite there yet. Ingram has that mentality that I just I would love to replicate for myself and you know as a defensive end but that is something that it's just incredible like you know ASAP and he's a dog and you know just the way he plays out there is I, I don't think is replaceable by any means but in Wosu um, if he gets better in the run game and definitely becomes more of I guess a dog um, he can definitely be good and become I guess the next Melvin Ingram Oh yeah, for sure. If not the if not the next Melvin Ingram, then for sure the first Nuosu. You know. Yeah, that's true. I, I think his coverage, like Nuosu's coverage, is a little overrated or like underrated. My bad. I mean, he's, yeah, he good. hasn't really disappointed. Um, I think Ingram in coverage actually we should do a little bit more. Just the way he, he always is around the ball. Um, but 
so we haven't finished all the rookies so far. So now we have uh, we talked about Kelly already. Um, he's been incredible. I love the way he runs through the tackles and his play style overall. You know, we kind of already been over this. Um, yeah. Our next pick was Joe Reed. Um, for me, he I, I would like to see him more in the offense. You know, more he's a, that gadget player we drafted, like a Curtis Samuel type guy, where you know he's supposed to be like reverses, running the ball. Um, like bubble screens, that type of thing, and I haven't really seen that. I know he had a reverse for eight yards last year or last game. That was like his only NFL touch, and he had that forty-six mm-hmm. yard kick return, and that's all I've seen from him. I think we primarily drafted him to sort of compete with uh, Darius Jennings for like that return position. Yeah, and he beat. I um, think he won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Jennings is gone. Yeah. But I think I he played um played in the first game, didn't he? He played in the game against the Bengals. I don't but really like, think so. They I I wanna say he did, but there were some throws that just that didn't find their target. Mm. I don't I just don't uh, remember him lining up as a receiver at all. I wanna say game. I did. I I could be one hundred percent wrong, but I wanna say there was a few passes that went his way that didn't um Complete. sit. Yeah, that that didn't get completed. And then after we drafted Joe Reed, we drafted Alohi Gilman, who I who was my least favorite pick in our whole entire draft. Um, thought the need for a safety wasn't necessary, but with the Derwin James injury, I guess it was. Um, yeah, I, I like the way he hits and he plays in the run game. His pass coverage, he's just I mean to put it bluntly, he's slow. He doesn't really get around to the ball too quick. If he's playing like cover two and he has to cover half the field. And he gets manipulated with the quarterback's eyes. He's done for, you know. He doesn't have that mm-hmm. huge, like, long-range speed. But that's why he plays strong safety, I guess. I think more as a dime linebacker, that Jalil die role, that Adrian Phillips role, he could definitely uh, thrive in. We just haven't seen any of that yet because it's game two. And he's a, what was he, a six-round pick. So it's completely understandable. Yeah, um, touching on that, it kind of ties back into what we said about depth earlier. If he can sort of fix those mistakes, I could see him as not one of the best safeties in the league, but a one that's going to get the job done for sure. Because, yeah. yeah, because he's a really hard hitter, isn't he? Yeah, he, they called him the human, the human missile. Yeah, like that sort of that speed and that strength that he has. It's just there's obviously things that he has to fix. I mean, there's not much. Like, obviously, guys taking him later on, you're going to want to work on a little bit. They're, yeah, yeah they're, those are, like, raw talents. So, I mean, as of now, obviously, it's week two, so I don't really have much to say about him. I haven't seen him on the field too much. I think he's only had, what, like, four or five snaps in total? Probably. I think he, he's definitely been a special teams guy, which is... Yeah, for nice. sure. Um, yeah. Excuse me, uh... And then KJ Hill, um, for me, been very disappointing. The hype around this man, I think, was almost too much. You know, out of the draft, I liked the way he ran. He reminded me a lot of Keenan Allen. Um, but I just don't, I don't think the hype. You know, I think we hyped him up too much for a steal that uh, he has been underperforming for all of us. When in reality, he's just playing like a seventh round pick. He made the team. He is just a depth piece right now, and I think he'll be like that until either someone gets hurt or until he really proves himself into a, that slot role or something like that. On the other hand, 
the complete opposite. Because in that first game against the Bengals, there were a couple of balls that went his way that, again, because Tyrod was sort of throwing them terribly, <laughs> that didn't really land in the place that they were. But he had defenders beat. In the second game, I think they opted out for Guyton instead of Hill on most of the um, yeah. drives, right? Yeah, yeah Guyton yeah, has been really good. I feel like once they sort of established, like, who is the starting quarterback? Like, are we gonna are we gonna do Herbert the rest of the season? Are we gonna do Tyra? Which is something we'll, we'll talk about later. Yeah. But I feel like once they sort of officially establish the scheme that they run, because the scheme that they ran against the Chiefs that was meant for Tyrod, mm-hmm. with dashes of what they wanted to see like Herbert do. So I feel like if we get like established a lot more as far as the quarterback position goes we're gonna see a lot more of kj hill and we're gonna see i think after we like i said after we sort of establish everything once we see him we can for sure tell if he was a diamond in the rough like we piped him up to be or if he was just a seventh round pick for depth yeah i totally agree with you on that um so talking about justin herbert like a lot of things led to the loss against the chiefs right i mean Obviously, let's just start it off with the Justin Herbert interception. Um, he was rolling to his left, and he sees Keenan Allen break open in the middle of the field. And I totally saw what, he's, uh, what he saw. I'm pretty sure it was cover two. Both safeties were, you know, near the boundary. And Keenan's coming open in the middle of the field. And it, he stops, or he doesn't really stop to set his feet, which is really the issue. Because we all know Herbert has the arm strength of, like, c- comparable to anyone in the league. But he stop, He doesn't really stop his feet. He continues on the run throws it and he leads Keenan way too short which gets picked off by Sneed and if if he led Keenan way more down the field I think he had a chance maybe not maybe just a deflection or overthrow you know rather than uh, the big gain he was looking for but I saw what he was trying to go for but at the end of the day he should have ran it yeah especially on the second and two you want to for sure get that first down run a couple of plays run down that clock just so you don't have what happened know happen because if you give the Chiefs the ball back late in the game we've seen what they can do with Patrick Mahomes like yeah no no lead is safe no lead is safe at all ever yeah I mean another issue that went to loss I think is the refs with the Tyreek Hill taking his helmet off um I mean we can have excuses all we want we lost the game for many reasons but the that itself was huge because that two-point conversion wouldn't have happened it would be from the 17-yard line and that one point wouldn't have taken us to overtime like we went and lost but yeah i think i think he gets away with a lot of things tyree kill you know um i don't like him at all like i'm a tyree kill hater i guess but besides the point i feel like they should have called the what was it unsportsmanlike conduct on that play yeah they for sure should have Another thing, too, that sort of, I think, wrong, I think this is something that people haven't really talked about too much, or they have, but they've only pointed out the obvious, the play calling down the stretch was awful. Like, after a while, I think the Chiefs are going to notice when you do a run, then a run, (laughs) then a pass. So, I think it was fourth quarter, three minutes and 23 seconds. Um, I think that's when the Herbert interception came. And no, that wasn't when the Herbert I think interception it was third came. Third quarter or even second, yeah. maybe. 
cut uh, obviously cut that part out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it was the fourth quarter. Um just that entire stretch, it was just questionable play calling. Like after a while, like I said, they're gonna notice when you do a run, a run, then a pass. That's those sort of things, once you know that they're coming, are easily defendable. So I kinda I can see why we can sit here and just pin that whole loss on that one Herbert interception. Honestly, I would blame it more on Anthony Lynn than anything. Because, yeah. like, for example, that overtime play where oh, it was, it, it was, yeah, you don't, you don't punt the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. I honestly thought that he was going to go for it. I thought he was going to be the Anthony Lynn from 2008 where the game was on the line. Two-point conversion, go yeah. for it. You're n- you're not there to mess around with the Chiefs. You don't go to overtime with the Chiefs. That was the whole, that was the whole mindset in 2018. Now, it's not like you're in dead man's land or anything. You're you're in decent field position. If you believe in your defense that much, to punt the ball away, you should believe in your defense enough. Where if they mess up on the fourth and one conversion, that you'd get the stop. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I somewhat disagree about the play calling. Like, Steichen, I mean, it's his second game as a play caller himself. But the issue is that he, I think he called a great game and he, sk- like, he schemed a great game until the very end. Because, like, running the same play three times in a row was stupid. I don't, that's like a high school coach mistake. Like, I don't understand what the point was there. Maybe he saw something or Herbert saw something. But I, like overall, I think he called a great game considering the circumstances of Tyrod being out and all that. But oh no, I I one hundred percent agree that he called a he he called an amazing game up until like that last stretch. Up yeah. up up until then, that's when they just stuck with the run. Which I I understand. You want to manage the clock. You want to not get the not give the Chiefs back the ball with like. 10 minutes left you want to run that clock down but at the same time you gotta switch it up a little bit especially against that kansas city defense oh yeah for sure i mean like the kansas city defense is not that great to put it like you know put it there like they have a couple superstars but outside of that we should have passed the ball way more with their corners being out legeria sneed is a rookie granted he's playing great but and the other guy was Richard Fenton, who I liked out of college, but has not been that great in the NFL. I feel like Mike should have gotten way more opportunities that game, especially against Fenton. Like, that's a huge size difference. Um, oh, the, speaking of Mike, there was a throw uh, down way deep down the field that was uh, Tyron Matthew versus Mike, and I feel like if Herbert threw it a little higher, Mike could have totally jumped over Ty- like Tyron Matthew. That's five nine to five or the six foot four. Uh, he just underthrew yeah. Mike a little bit, which led to the deflection. Yeah, he one hundred percent did. And I I watched um, the press conference today where Herbert sort of talked to the media, and one of the points that they uh, touched on was that uh, now that Herbert's getting those first team reps, he's starting to learn exactly where to place that ball. So for Mike, he wants to throw it a little bit higher because now he knows that Mike can jump up against that ball. Oh, yeah. For Keenan, for like I, I think his passing to Keenan and Hunter and Guyton were stellar. It's just I don't think he's sort of used to having a sort of wide receiver Sorry. like, yeah, like Mike because Herbert had good offensive weapons in Oregon, especially uh, Jacob Breland. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. But uh, other than that, like he didn't, he didn't have too many good receivers, and obviously not no Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry. One, Touching on that, go ahead. Uh, the only person I really think of from the Oregon offense in the receiver position was Juwan Jennings, who I don't really think got drafted this year, so maybe seventh round if anything. And he, it's just he, overall he didn't have much weapons and running backs, nothing. Receivers, I think he had Jacob Breland, and he had his brother playing tight end as well, and that's really it. Yeah, I, I never really liked Oregon's style of offense. I feel like it didn't. They never fully believed in Herbert, which I mean, understandably so, especially when I think he came out and played his freshman year. I want to say that he came out and played. Even still, like back then, leading up to his last year of college, they never really put faith in him. Which is surprising because he's really the one who carried that offense. Um, you look at he had four different schemes in four different years. He played since his like since uh, his freshman year and going into his junior year. If he didn't come back for his senior year, he was gonna be the top quarterback of that draft class most likely. And I was thinking like I I do a lot of the draft stuff and I was like, dang, this Herbert guy is great. I was watching his film and then he said he's gonna go back for his senior. Year. And I was like, okay, next year. And he, I guess, quote-unquote, declined. He had awful games against uh, um, Cal and against Arizona State, I want to say. But, like, overall, he he was very, um, I think he was hindered for the talent around him and the play calling around him as well. Yeah, and then, like, obviously going from that to sort of the offensive scheme that they're um, running now in Los Angeles, like, they're, unlike Oregon, they're sort of fine-tuning it to fit the future for Justin Herbert. I read um, when they drafted Herbert, they're sort of starting to go into shotgun formation a lot more than anything because oh, yeah. that's what Herbert played really well in college. Pistol, for sure. I saw a lot of pistol. Yeah. So it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really fun next couple of years for all these rookies, honestly. I'm excited to see what all these rookies hold, but obviously, especially Justin Herbert, because I'm Justin Herbert's, you know, hype man, so. <laughs> that's the, that's a, that's our guy for the future. Um, I'm excited to see what he does, and I really hope he uh, pans out and has a career like Rivers, in the, in the sense that he's an Iron Man, that he's always reliable, he's, he's that guy for the franchise for a very long time, there's no real, like, issue, like, of course, Rivers has the interceptions and all that, but there's not a, a real issue that like fans want to get rid of him immediately. You know, I, I don't want like I want like a Matty, Matt Ryan or you know someone that you can rely on. You know, a franchise quarterback pretty much at the end of the day is what I'm trying to get at. Not someone like um, what's a good example here, like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, someone that's like unreliable, and you're like not is he the future? Is he not? You know, Jameis Winston. Josh Rosen, you know, that type of thing. Um, I just hope he can be that franchise guy for the next 20 years or so. I think one of my favorite things about Herbert is um, going back to that interception. Um, obviously, you know, he should have ran it. Um, he said later on in the game, like, that was obviously like a rookie mistake that he should have, in hindsight, he should have just ran for the two yards that he was trying to do way too much. Um, later on in the game, he had the same opportunity sort of presented in front of himself, and he, um... He ran it. Yeah, he, he ran it. It just shows off, like, in college, in college he was sort of, he was a very smart student. He is a very smart student. So it just goes to show how fast this kid can 
sort of soak up that knowledge. Yeah, and it's it's going to be something really fun to see. Like, obviously going up against Patrick Mahomes, you're going to learn a few things. You're going to sort of watch that game film and see, like, okay, what did he do good that I didn't do good, and vice versa. Yeah. So I, I feel like getting a guy with that much smarts and, like, how much he's shown already from one game, which, like we touched on earlier, against the Super Bowl champs, he took the Super Bowl champs to the to overtime? Yeah, he gave them a run for their money, for sure. Oh, he for sure did. So that, and then paired with the fact, like, I think I read it was like 6.30 in the morning the next day where he went with oh, yeah. Lynn to review Lynn's game film. That's you, don't, you don't see that nowadays. That makes you, me you happy don't... to know, like, he's genuinely trying to be that quarterback that everyone wants him to be. And uh, it's, it's good to know he's a hard worker because I feel like, above all, being a hard worker in the NFL will take you more places than not. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I'm just, I'm excited for the future of this franchise, for sure. I think it's in good hands with Herbert, with most of the rookies that we got. Looking forward to sort of... I'm I'm honestly looking forward to see if this team can become a Super Bowl caliber team. Yeah. I think at at the position that we're at right now, obviously me being a Chargers fan, I'm gonna say yes. But there's a part of me that's like, I don't know. I feel like we're missing something. But I, I feel. Exactly what we're but missing. but like, but like, let 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 me kind of redefine that because going into this season, I thought we were missing something. Like, with Tyrod starting, I obviously have... I have and had a lot of faith in him, you know? Yeah. Like, I understand that he was playing with cracked ribs, I guess, and he was going to play with cracked ribs against the Chiefs. Which is... But... That's, that's a testament to Tyrod on how tough he is, and I think he has dealt with a really bad luck over the couple past couple years for him. And uh, Yeah. It, I wish him well. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 Chargers fans everywhere, I think, should wish him well. They shouldn't just, like... Oh yeah, now it's Herbert season. Like that's just that's He's disrespectful. A too, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, where was I going with that? Um, so, like, oh yeah, um, with Tyrod, I feel like there was something missing. But after watching that Chiefs game and seeing what Herbert did, I'm if not this year, then in the next few years, I 100 percent expect a Super Bowl ring in L.A. That's not the Rams. Yeah, I mean, something that kind of worries me is like some like he goes out against the Panthers, who are a much worse team, and just like flops. Like you know what I mean? It's like a one game fluke. You know, this is the me overthinking it, and I think Herbert will ball out against the Panthers. And um, speaking of which, we're gonna do a little little segment where we just talk about what we think is gonna happen and how you think players are gonna perform against this upcoming game on Sunday and all of that. So, for Battle of the QBs, Bridgewater and Herbert, obviously Bridgewater has more of that experience in the league. Oh, yeah. I think we, I think we both know the winner of that QB battle. Yeah, I think it's Bridgewater. I mean, you, you might be laughing right now, but <laughs> uh, it, Bridgewater, even though with all the knee surgery, he can still move a little bit. I think his pocket presence will be a huge factor in the game because we know our pressure is gonna get there. It's just a matter of fact if we can finish the sack or not, which we could not do at all with Mahomes. Couldn't finish it. We let up big runs, and I feel like that's going to be a huge uh, point for us today, or on Sunday, against Bridgewater. 
With that Panthers offensive line, though, with the way that they performed this league, like, I've, I'm a firm believer that Teddy Bridgewater can do it. But with Christian McCaffrey being out, with a lot of that offense not being ready, especially with, um, what, like, you know, the former Charger, we're not, he who shall not be named, being one of the injured people on that um, Panthers line. Mm hmm. I feel like that's going to play a major role. They have three so, Chargers, former Chargers on that O-line. Um, we got yep. Wakanda Tech, we got Michael Schofield, and then we got uh, the man who uh, kind of hurt Rivers a little bit. <laughs> We're not going to talk about him. I hope uh, he but, plays, though. I really hope he plays. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But um, I think from that, though, obviously, I think the winner of that QB battle is going to be Herbert just because of the way that the line has been performing compared to sort of the it's Panthers line. And, yeah, and, and that that's not to shit on Bridgewater. Like we said, Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback. Obviously not a great quarterback, but he is a good quarterback who could get the job done. We've seen that last year in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. He he can get the job done. It's just when you don't have a good supporting cast, then what, what can you do? I think... Uh... I have to disagree. I think Bridgewater will maybe not perform better than Herbert, but is the better quarterback than Herbert because oh 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 yeah, he, he for sure is the better quarterback. Careers, you can't compare, you know. No, yeah, I'm just saying like for this game, I think in I I don't think it's gonna be a shootout. I don't think I think so. A defensive I battle, really. Even still, that the Panthers' defense isn't that. Great. It's good. Yeah, it it's not that great. The Panthers this year just. They're not great. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't want to just say it, but I, I don't think they're that great of a team, especially when you have guys like, um, Russell Okung. Like we said, he's gonna be out. Um, it looks like that Quan Short is doubtful, who's a huge DT for them. Okung is questionable, and then uh, Dennis Daly, I'm pretty sure is their starting guard, is doubtful as well. But so, pull up so I mean, team right now. And then, obviously, with Christian McCaffrey being out, too, that's a pivotal part of their offense right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at their supporting cast, and DJ Moore is definitely a force to be reckoned with. He's a great running back – or, well, great receiver. Um, I liked him out of college as well from Maryland, and um, he, I think he's only on the way up. Robbie Anderson is a burner out there, great player as well. Curtis Samuel is kind of that Joe Reed type of guy, and I think we're going to have to watch out for him. Um, at tight end, they got Ian Thomas, Chris Manhurts, both athletic type guys, but nothing really to be worried about there. Um, yeah, and then, and then Mike Davis, the only reason I kind of want him to do good is because I have him on my fantasy, <laughs> but but I, I feel like against that electric fence, I feel like there's only so much you can be able to do. Yeah, I'm surprised I only have two running backs on the roster. It looks like Mike Davis, who I have actually, uh, I had like a connection to Mike Davis, um, I used to collect cards, and I collected him for a very long time for literally no reason, but I collected him. And um, But it's cool to see that he's starting again. Uh, Trenton Cannon, who I think was pretty good with the Jets last year, good uh, yards per carry. But, I mean, that offense is really just DJ Moore and uh, Robbie Anderson. They have good receivers, but then again, we have Chris Harris, Casey Hayward, who can take care of these guys, no problem. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, kind of like I've I've been saying for, like, the past, what, like, 10 minutes? 
Christian McCaffrey is gonna <laughs> yeah. is a huge loss for this team, especially with the Chargers how they even still not as much anymore, but they've always had trouble in the past sort of stopping the run. Oh yeah. So, so going into this, that was for sh- that was for sure a huge question mark. So I mean, I I hate to wish injury on players, but I mean, it's good that we're not going to be facing Christian McCaffrey. For sure. Um, looking at their defense, um, I I like I like their defense a lot. Um, Brian Burns, very very athletic defensive end out of uh, where do you come from? <laughs> I think Florida State came from Florida State. I want to say, and um, he. The way he dips and bends or like under tackles is amazing. He is very athletic, and I think uh, Brian Balaga might have a little bit of trouble with him because Balaga is not the most athletic tackle there is. Um, because you know, and then that's kind of a mismatch right there. Uh, Quan Short's not going to play. Uh, Derek Brown, huge, huge defensive tackle. Um, he's he's still a rookie, and I haven't really heard much headline from him at all. And um, I think we can definitely gash it up the middle considering that their best defensive tackle is out. Yeah. And then finishing up the defensive line, they got Yeter Gross Matos, who from Penn State, I thought was a first-round pick, but he didn't end up going. I like him too. He's he's very raw, but he's very athletic. I, I liked him. Uh, Steven Weatherly is a good depth piece they have. Uh, he came from the Vikings. He was, pr- he was pretty solid for them too. So, I mean, overall, the D-line's going to have some good, I think, gets a, for their pass rush. I think it's going to be great on that. Uh, outside, but other than that, there's really nothing to be worried about. Especially at the free safety position when you have Trey Boston playing, oh, yeah. because because <laughs> we we know we know all too well about how he does in the secondary. And their linebackers, I mean, Jeremy Chin. I'm actually surprised he's starting already for them. He's a free safety, like he's a safety linebacker hybrid. Um, I out of the draft, I knew he was coming from a small school and he was athletic, but I don't really know much about him. Uh, Tahir Whitehead, solid player, played for the Lions and the Raiders. And then Shaq Thompson, he's been a good linebacker for them for a very long time. Um, and their corners, I think their corners are very underrated. Dante Jackson, he's been a great speedy corner. for. I think he's like, if Michael Davis became the best Michael Davis, he can be Dante Jackson, you know? Um, yeah. Troy Pride, I love this dude out of college. I think he was one of the better uh, corners coming out. And um, he's played solid so far. I like I like him a lot still. Um, Razul Douglas, uh, he was okay for the Eagles, I guess. Um, good number three corner. And then, of course, I, I've never heard of a strong safety before. Justin Beers, have you heard of him? I have not. Okay, and then Trey Boston. We all know Trey Boston, five picks, 2017. Jack Boyce. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I think he was I mean, underrated. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I think he was underrated for us, and um, we should have re-signed him. I think there's some plays that he just he should have made. I mean, obviously, there's not much you could really ask out of him. But, I mean, obviously, I wish no will on him, but I feel like, I don't know. It's just... It, it, it's one of those signings where if we would have signed him, okay, cool. If we didn't, well, obviously we didn't sign him. Like, okay. Yeah. I you mean, know, just next day up. 2020, we got Derwin because we didn't sign him. We got Rayshon, Nas. And I think it looks pretty good for us now. Um, now, yeah. the age-old question, question, who do you think is going to come out of this game on top? Um, I think it's going to be the Chargers just because our offense is 
playing out better than theirs, and our defense is playing out better than theirs. Um, barring anything crazy, I think we're going to come out with, like, a score of, like, I would like to say probably 27 to, like, 13 or something like that. I also think that the Chargers are going to prevail. All in all, they're just the better team in this sort of situation. I think it's going to be a more higher-scoring game for the Chargers. I say... Oh, boy, I'm going to eat my words if this is wrong. 35 to 14. Dang. All right, Madden scores right here. <laughs> I, I I expect a lot out of this Justin Herbert guided offense. Okay. I mean, I would love to see that. I would. Yeah, that sounds great to me. Um, I just, we got to stop settling for field goals overall, but. We yeah. I, I, I think the big thing is you're like, with the Chiefs, you're not going to win with field goals. Oh, with, yeah, never. with, with Baltimore, you're not going to win with field goals. I feel like those are the two teams you got to really worry about. As far as the Panthers go... We're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we should be good with Money Badger. I love the Money Badgers on my fantasy team, and I love uh, getting those points, but I'd rather win the game. So, you know, we can stop kicking field goals and start scoring extra points, you know? I agree with that 100%. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for our first podcast. Yeah, I, I I think we did we did pretty well. Yeah, this is my first, this is our first take, um, barring me screwing up the intro and forgetting the name, but <laughs> this is our first take. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, you know, make sure to leave any comments, feedback, anything you want to hear from either one of us. Uh, we got our social medias. Um, you know, thank you for listening to Blitz the Bolt. Anything you want to say? Um. Yes. The next episode is going to be after the Panthers game. It's going to be sort of recapping the game, what sort of happened in that game, talking about the good and the bad and the ugly. Will, the game's on Sunday, definitely from then to the next game. It will be out before the next game. Yeah, so kind of touching on what Nate said, if you guys enjoyed what you saw or heard, I should say, um, you know, let it, let us know. What Let us know what we did good, what we did bad. I mean, we're just a couple of high school students. Just sharing our love for the Chargers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's. I think that's gonna be it. Um. Don't forget, bolt up, wear a mask so you can all go oh, to SoFi Stadium and have a, and have a good rest of your day or night. See you guys. Peace.